Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome into the Morning Five podcast. Today is Tuesday, September 6th. Hopefully everybody had a fantastic long Labor Day weekend. And today's podcast is presented by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Billy, today is National Coffee Ice Cream Day. Have you ever had coffee ice cream, and do you enjoy it? I have had coffee ice cream, and I'm okay with it. It's, um... It's not my favorite, but I'm not a big coffee drinker, so that means that true, I'm, true. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll eat it though. It's it's okay. I'm good with it. Does buttered utter make a coffee ice cream? Yeah, they do. I'd probably um, try that. I'd probably try that. Um, I I know Cassie's had it before, so uh, I'm I can't remember what flavor it was but it's really freaking good like she had it and she's like you've got to try this so I, I had a bite and i'm like holy crap that is really good so but i mean anything that butter daughter puts out honestly is really good so that, that is true yeah i don't think they've ever put out anything that wasn't good uh i've never had coffee ice cream i'm not a massive fan of ice cream but do love coffee i would definitely try something like that uh my favorite flavor of ice cream is peach I, I don't think that's a very popular flavor. But yeah, I would definitely try some coffee ice cream, uh, especially if it was from Buttered Utter. I would never yeah. turn down something from Buttered Utter. <laughs> no. Billy, over the weekend, the Braves sweep the Marlins, which is just what the doctor ordered. Uh, Friday night, game one, Braves win eight to one. Morton goes five and two thirds, uh, giving up one earned run, walking two with seven Ks. Uh, Little D with three RBIs, Harris with two RBIs, and Grissom with two RBIs. Riley also added in an RBI. Saturday night, we needed all nine innings to beat the Fish. We walk them off two to one. Uh, Bryce Elder gets the start for Odorizzi as he was scratched. Do, do, do we know why he was scratched? Have they released why he was scratched? Yeah, I think it was um, shoulder or like something tightness. Okay. Um, so... I can't remember if it's something that's going to go into his next start or what, but that's that's what I remember. And folks, I'll be completely honest with you. This weekend was football weekend. I didn't watch a single inning of any of these Braves games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Bryce Elder does get the start in place of a scratched Odorizzi. Uh, Elder goes six innings, giving up two hits, no earned runs, only walking two with six Ks. Bryce Elder has been nothing but fantastic uh, the past two starts he has had for the Braves. Yep, he he really has been, and it's it's good to he- see and hear. Um, you know, since Saturday was football, um, it was. It, I, I'm with you. I, it was not something I I really watched, but I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that the elder had a really good start. That's 13 innings. Uh, his past two starts, where he has given up only five hits and one run through 13 innings. That's a nice. 
uh, ace up your sleeve to have down the stretch and stretch and going into the playoffs in a couple of weeks. That's pretty nice. Oh yeah, I, I'll definitely take it. I mean, we're still what five weeks out, so yeah, um, and we're only a game back. Yeah, thank you, Nationals. <laughs> what the hell? Yes. Yeah, Nationals coming up clutch this past weekend. Uh, Riley added an RBI on Saturday night, and Robbie Grossman with a pinch hit RBI walk off hit in the ninth inning and then Sunday the Braves win 7-1 Freed goes five innings uh, no hits one walk six Ks got taken at after an hour and 50 minute rain delay Uh, Acuna added in two RBIs always nice to see Uh, Harris with two RBIs Swanson and Ozuna also with an RBI apiece we sweep the fish the Nats give us some big help and we are only a game out of first place how does that happen? Like the Dodgers or the Nationals do what the Dodgers couldn't, you know? Yeah, yeah, that makes total that makes total sense. Yeah, Nationals. <laughs> I, mean, what, <laughs> I don't what know. What is man. going on? But we'll I take have, it. I have no idea. Yeah, absolutely, we'll take it. Uh, Braves start a West Coast road trip today, nine uh, forty. I will not watch a minute of that because it'll start after I've already gone to bed. Um, but <laughs> today and tomorrow they have Oakland. And then a three-game set with Seattle, and then a three-game set with the San Francisco Giants before they come home next week. So West Coast swing road trip. Hopefully that doesn't throw their sleep schedules off. It wouldn't mind. Bunch of late starts, but uh, tomorrow we have a three thirty-seven start, which is it's going to be kind of nice. You'll be able to watch some of that while you're at work. We got Braves. Uh, Braves were off yesterday, and then they'll be off Thursday as well. So yeah. Two days off this week. It's going to be interesting, uh, but they get to they get to go to a lowly um, Oakland and then hit up Seattle. And Seattle has actually been really hot of late. Uh, they've they've won a lot recently. So um, hopefully we can slow Seattle down a little bit and uh, continue to dig into this Mets lead. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Seattle is leading the wild card. They're second in the wild card right now, so Seattle is a uh, a playoff team right now. Um, but yeah, yeah, Oakland, second, second in the West right now behind uh, Houston. No, I think they're four, yeah they're they're tied for fourth with the Rays right now. They're eleven back at Houston, uh, and they are they're second they're in the second wild card. In the West. No. No, no, no. They're they're uh, Yankees are second in the West, and then they're tied. Actually, the the Rays are third in the West. Uh, Seattle is fourth in the West right now. No, Seattle is not. In, Seattle's in the West. The Yankees and the oh, Rays are not dude, in the West. I'm, I'm thinking the American League. <laughs> You're saying West, and American League is going into my brain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're second in the West. They're eleven. They're eleven back in the Astros. Okay. Yeah, that sounds better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, see, like you said, Seattle's eight and two in their last ten, so they are uh, they're a pretty good team right now. Enjoy the Oakland series, Braves, because it'll probably be the last time you ever go to uh, Oakland to play baseball. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. That Did you? Is- oh, uh, something that happened uh, over the course of the weekend or last week that we didn't really talk about: the 2023 season uh, schedule came out. For the first time ever, the Braves are playing all 30 Major League teams or all 29 other Major League teams. That's awesome. Do they still yeah. play 162 games? Yeah. Well, baseball still doesn't understand what makes the uh, the sport good. Cut that down. 
pretty cool though. They play every. Yeah. So that's the first time ever they've played every single opposing MLB team. Yep. This is the first time that all all MLB teams will play each other um, in an MLB season. So that's that's cool. cool. I like that. Yeah, that's that's kind of neat. I still wish they chopped the season down, but that's never going to happen. That's you know that's money out of the owners' pockets, and Lord knows they need more money. They don't have enough. Billy, this weekend Atlanta United, they go to Portland. Yeah, and they lose, and they lose two to one. Uh, Portland converts two penalties and puts Atlanta United closer to being mathematically out of misery. Uh, they they have won and converted. Portland has won and converted more penalties uh, in this season than any other MLS team. Watching this game was it was rough, man. It was a struggle to watch this game. This team is just honestly, it's it's terrible right now. Uh, Joseph scored in the 88th minute. Came on as a super sub again. Listen, build the statue. I'd love for them to start building the statue before he's even done playing in Atlanta. Uh, that's only probably a couple of weeks away. Unfortunately, though, got, I mean, if, if there's not a statue in front of Mercedes-Benz Stadium a year after he is done playing with Atlanta United, I'll be extremely, extremely pissed off because he deserves a massive, massive statue and one that hopefully looks better than the Dominique Wilkins one in front of State Farm Arena because that is <laughs> atrocious. Um, so build the statue for Joseph. Scores in the 88th minute to make the game look a little bit more respectable. Arujo and Ronaldo Cisneros uh, looked lost most of the day. Uh, Arujo complained about the entire time he was on the pitch. Uh, the back line was confused, not on the same page. Sort of same song and dance we've seen all season from Atlanta United. It's the same kind of uh, chinks in the armor that we've seen all season, same errors we've seen all season. Guidinho did fine in his first game. Uh, the two goals he let in were both penalties, and asking the goalkeeper to block penalty was, I mean, that's just tough, you know? That's a, uh, that's a tall task to ask from Guidinho, who was starting his first game in the MLS uh, last night or this weekend. So Guidinho was fine in his first game. Wholesale changes need to be done this offseason. I, I don't know if Gonzalo Pineda needs to be let go, um, but the roster certainly need, does need to change. Uh, we need to fire Carlos Bocanegra. And if uh, if, Gideon, if, um, Car- if uh, Pineda is going to be our manager next year, he needs to have a lot more say into the personnel that we're going to have on this roster th- uh, next year because he had zero say in the roster this year and has just sort of been trying to piecemeal the team together. Uh, along How is with that not a thing? How is that not a thing to where the manager doesn't have it, have the say in you know or at least a mention in you know the roster organization that that just drives me crazy it's stupid yeah i mean it's carlos bocanegra is a i don't know he, he's he's a self-righteous you know what so it, we, we need to get rid of him get a you know get boca out that needs to start trending on twitter and i'm all for giving pineda maybe one more season to see if he has what it takes to be an mls manager um, but wholesale changes need to be made. I mean, there's no reason that a team with the highest salary in the entire MLS, the most expensive roster in the entire MLS, uh, is going to miss the playoffs. That's that's completely unacceptable. Yeah, and they're they're definitely missing the playoffs. How many points are they at now? Um, five, I think now with with like six games left, somewhere around there. So it's uh, mathematically we're still in it, but I, I just I don't know, man. It's it's yeah, such a struggle to hold five. on. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's such a struggle to hold on to hope. So I mean, mathematically we're still in it, but it's I, I just it's a I don't know. It's a long shot, man. You know, it's not a long shot. Poor K. 
UGA covering. Holy crap, was I wrong about that. That makes two of us that were extremely, insanely wrong about that. Dude, they look great this weekend. UGA destroys Oregon 49-3 this weekend. A bit of a slow start to the game was out into distant memory when the UGA boat raced Oregon in the second half and went into halftime leading 28-3. to Holy crap, man. They were... They looked solid from the get-go. Like, it didn't... It looked like nothing had changed from the last season. Uh, the the thing that impressed flying. The yeah. offense looked really strong. I mean, That's was, the most impressive thing to me, was that offense. Because I don't I don't ever remember seeing UGA's offense fire on, fire on all cylinders last year like they did against Oregon to <laughs> open the season off. I mean, that was... They looked better in game one than I think they looked all of last year. I mean, it was that offense was insane. Yeah. Uh, there was no championship hangover for the UGA offense. Sexton Bennett went 25 to 31, 368 yards, two touchdowns. On one of the touchdowns, Bennett eluded three or four Oregon defenders before throwing an absolute dime to Lad McConkey. Uh, the nation's best tight end room combined for four receptions and 71 yards. Everyone knows Brock Bowers, but his running mate, Darnell Washington, 6'7", 270, was just as dominant. Uh, the defense that graduated like 16 first-round picks picked up, picked off Bo Nix twice, or as a lot of uh, Georgia people have called him, Bo Picks, um, <laughs> and held the Ducks to just 173 yards passing. Billy, I, I got a question for you. Tell me which one of these you would rather have, okay? Would yeah. you rather have a quarterback that goes 23 for 40, 214 yards, two touchdowns and one interception with a 50 QBR, or would you rather have a quarterback that goes 25 for 31, 368 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and a QBR over 100? Uh, two. Yeah. Definitely two. Oh. Yeah, I would definitely take Stetson Bennett over JT Daniels as well. <laughs> That's fair. Yep. Yep. Easy, easy choice for me. I said it all last year. I'll say it again this year. If JT Daniels was any good, he wouldn't have left USC. Stetson Look, Bennett is and, a better quarterback. And here's here's something else that, you know, I'm gonna throw out there and, and I know that you're gonna agree with me because you're still very, very sour after the weekend. Um Georgia's the number two team in the nation behind Alabama. There, it shouldn't I, be. Ohio I, I don't. State. I don't know if. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. I think UGA might be the number one team. Well, okay. Ohio State doesn't need to be the number two. Agreed. Um, there's. It, they definitely don't need to be ranked about above Georgia right now. Um, maybe later. I mean, I was, You know what? In the only thing that's holding it holding it together for me right now is Ohio State being okay was the fact that they only allowed 258 yards or 260 yards of offense. And, uh, and we'll, we'll see what Notre Dame is this year. I mean, the reason we're saying this is because historically Notre Dame has been a welcoming map for teams in the playoffs. You know, maybe with yep. you know Marcus Freeman up there, Notre Dame is, is not that team anymore. Maybe Notre Dame is actually a national power. But yeah, all we can do is go off of history. And we saw what Oregon did to Ohio State to open up last year. Uh, and UGA did the complete opposite to Oregon with what Ohio State did to them last year. And yeah, Ohio State's not, they're not a number two team right now. I, you know, I don't, after seeing what Clemson did to Georgia Tech last night, I don't even know if they're the number three team. Um, so, but I, the, Alabama and Georgia right now, 
are in their own stratosphere. Uh, uh, of- Did you happen to watch the Tech Clemson game? I watched up until halftime when the Georgia Tech coach choked away a perfectly good opportunity to try to score points going into halftime when it was still close, fourteen to three. Uh, yeah, I turned it no. off. Yeah, I turned it off at halftime and went to bed. Clemson, Clemson's not a number four team in the nation. They're not even. I'm not even sure they're a top ten. I'll, I, I'll just I, you there. I think DJ Uolunglele has fixed a lot over the offseason. and when I they opened up, he's not a good quarterback. I I think he's an okay quarterback. I think he has. I mean, he's down 30 pounds from last year, and he looks like he understands the playbook a bit more. Um, and that defense for Clemson is going to be a problem, honestly. I mean, if they get into the college football playoffs, uh, Clemson has a top five defense. All right, Bryce, let's head to the Marine South scoreboard, shall we? Let's do it, baby. Friday night, Bowden beats Bremen in the 76th edition of the uh the rivalry, 35 to nothing. Robert McNeil rushed for 178 yards and two touchdowns and passed for another. TJ Harvison. Huh? Yeah, that guy. Who? Had 116 yards from scrimmage on for Bowden on seven touches. He's pretty good at football. Yeah, he is. Bowden allowed 161 total yards and shut out its arch rival for the first time since 2002. Good year. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> Carrollton beat Rome 23-6. Juju Lewis, 22 of 26 passing for 229 yards, two touchdowns. And Bryce Hicks had 100 yards rushing, 108 yards receiving. Bryce Hicks is pretty good at football too, man. Pretty good. Uh, Kelvin Hill had uh, had three tackles for loss as well for the Trojans. Dude, I, I'm still blown away. This Juju Lewis did that against the number three team in the state. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that coming at all. Um, you know, on the pregame show, I picked Rome just because Rome won last year. And I know, I know, Juju Lewis is amazing. Uh, you know, he's got all these offers and everything. Still a freshman, uh, and, but he didn't look like a freshman Friday night. <laughs> he looked like a, a seasoned junior or something along those lines. Twenty-three to six. Yeah, Trojans just starch the Rome Wolves. Central loses to Hampton, thirty-four to thirty-three, and probably one of the best games Bryce has ever been able to see or call um unfortunately it was a loss for central but it was still a hell of a game yeah tough loss for uh for central for Kari swain had some amazing catches in it. it it was man hampton hampton got some home cooking it was uh it was pretty bad i mean central probably lost at least a minute and a half maybe two minutes on the clock when the clock should have stopped and one of the touchdowns that hampton scored wasn't a touchdown the ball never crossed the plane of the goal so uh tough tough for central to go down there and kind of swallow the pill i loved the call to go for two uh, there late in the game to try to win at 35 30 34 uh, unfortunately it yeah. didn't work out but i 1000 percent endorsed the call that coach smiley made to go for two on the road right there thousand percent even though he didn't make it thousand percent endorse it and if he had to do it over again i hope he has the same call uh the next 1000 times because I, lo- I love going for two on the road there to try to win the game heard county gets a get back game and gets a big win 41 to nothing over midtown let's go that's exactly what what her county needed. Uh, Temple beats Chattooga also in a get back game, forty four to nineteen. Cam Vaughn was the offensive player of the game, fourteen carries, two hundred forty one yards, three touchdowns. Holy crap! And, and Billy, if I'm number. not if I'm not mistaken, I believe at halftime this was like a one score game, right? Uh. I think this was pretty close at halftime. I might be misremembering. We'll talk to Coach uh, Nick on uh, tomorrow 
about this, but I, I want to say this was like a one-score game at halftime or close to something like that, and I think Temple just starched him in the second half. And he also threw in five for eight, uh, passing 111 yards and a touchdown. I mean, the kid kid had what? Let's see, quick math, 352 yards of all-purpose. Sounds That's- good to me. Zeke Barty was the defensive player of the game, graded out 95%, had a solo tackle and an assistant tackle on defense. Dylan McCoy, uh, special teams player of the game, took a kickoff, 88 yards for a touchdown. So Cam Vaughn and, and company and, and Temple did, did it in all three phases, which is exactly what you need to do. Villarica beats Northgate 29-17. This game, you want to talk about being close. Uh, early and then Villarica finally taking the reins and and finishing it off late was exactly what happened. Um, they they just beat them in the second half and and that's exactly what you wanted to see. So Villarica gets back after losing their first game and so they're now one and one on the season. On the Stupid Games and Events calendar for tonight, we've got softball. Uh, Darlington at Bowden at 5.30. Bremen's at Alexander at 6.45. And then Tri-Cities is at Villarica at 5.55. Volleyball. Temple is at Greenville, and they're facing Greenville in Lamar County. And then Villarica is at Lithia Springs and facing Lithia Springs and Mays. And that's also at 5.30. Some good good matchups tonight. Billy, do we have... Are those softball games going to be affected by weather? Do you know? I felt felt like I read that we had some, like, thunderstorms rolling through the area. I thought we might be okay the rest of, like, Monday or, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We should be okay. Friday, we may get some more rain. I think Saturday, too. Oh, fantastic. We, we definitely want rain on Friday when I'm down in Tattnall Square and on top of a roof, apparently. So, uh, awesome. Great news. It's covered. <laughs> it's covered. Yeah, they didn't say it by what. It's just a, probably just a tarp up there. <laughs> Bill, you need another cup of coffee this morning, man? Oh, more than you know, brother. Let's do it, dude. Another cup of coffee brought to you by realtor Hannah Strong with Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Uh, there's a report coming in, Billy, that the CFP is going to expand to 12 teams by 2026 and possibly as early as 2024. Are you in favor of this or not? Uh, I know you're not because I know you. Um, you're not in favor of, of expanding any kind of playoffs. You, you always think that making playoffs more playoffs means it it cheapens it but thousand um, percent i think ultimately and and this this will we'll have to figure out how they do it but ultimately i think it might be okay um and give us a true playoff an actual true playoff if that makes sense um which is for once it'd be good to see in, in college football because if we do i saw a, a Kind of a mock-up um, of the of a play a twelve-team playoff, and and I was kind of okay with it. It looked like you know twelve versus five, you know six versus eleven kind of thing moving, and then they play the top four seeds, and then the top then the winners of that seeds, you know, move into deeper and deeper. So it doesn't it doesn't necessarily cheapen it, but it it does make getting to those top four seeds and getting a buy very very. Um, crucial. So, I, I mean, I see it. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Billy. I hate it. It's stupid. 12 teams is way too many. Four is plenty. Uh, if you want to expand it, go to eight maybe, but four is absolutely plenty. 
Uh, if you can't get into four, win your damn games. Sorry. Sorry about it. Win your games. You know, uh, I, I hate going to 12. I hate the way college football is aligned, honestly, though. I, I hate I hate conference. They're antiquated. There's no reason that Georgia should play Vanderbilt. There's no reason Ohio State should play Illinois or Indiana, Rutgers, Rutgers. Maryland. Um, there, there's no reason that conferences conferences should even <laughs> exist anymore. Uh, we need to go to an I NFL model. Anybody at the Big Ten. Uh, yeah, we, we need to go to an NFL model <laughs> where every single weekend actually matters. Um, it's stupid. There's no reason Georgia should be playing Samford this weekend. There's no reason Ohio State should be playing Arkansas State this weekend. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous, and it waters down the product that we have in college football. We need to go to an NFL model uh, because that's what college football is turning into with the NIL deal and these pay- uh, players getting paid. Uh, they're turning into the NFL. It's turning into NFL light, and we need to change the schedule and completely get rid of conferences. I have a whole outline of how we should change college football. I came up with this about 13, 14 years ago, and it would make every single game matter. We would play less games in the regular season, and it would make it matter more. So I am not uh, for college football expansion. I am also not for the conferences that college football has now because it's stupid, it's antiquated, and we need to get rid of it immediately to to make uh, college football grow. So, yeah, not in favor of college football expansion to make and a... Bryce's, uh, uh, Bryce's whole thing about that is a whole nother podcast. Like, Oh, yeah. Podcasts. Yeah, that's that's like an hour-long podcast that I could go on and uh, go through the rules and regulations and everything of what college football should look like uh, if they want to take it seriously. Uh, Mitch Trubisky voted a Pittsburgh Steelers captain, and he is also listed as the starting quarterback on the depth chart. This was one of the big quarterback battles in the preseason that we were kind of curious as to who was going to come out. Mitch Trubisky comes out on top ahead of Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. Billy, is Mitch Trubisky, barring injury, going to finish the season as the starter up in Pittsburgh? Probably not. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be Kenny Pickett. But Hey, Bryce, guess yeah. what? Poor K. Two sleeps from NFL football. <laughs> yes, sir. Baby, Thursday night we open up with the Rams and Bills. I cannot wait. I will be dragging on Friday morning because I will not miss a single snap of that game. I'm so excited. I can't wait. It's almost it's almost NFL football time. It's almost NFL Do, football time. Doesn't Gray have a football practice on Friday? Uh, on Friday? No. I mean Thursday. Thursday. Uh yes. Yeah. But we'll be we'll be home before the game kicks off. Uh, I, I will be. I'll be leaving in time to get home before the game kicks <laughs> off. Trust me. <laughs> NFL on, baby. It's way more important than uh, seven and eight year football. Uh, American Francis Tiofo, T- Tiafo, Tiafo, uh beats Rafael Nadal yesterday in a stunner. Man, this was a this was a fantastic match. I watched it back and forth in the U.S. Open. Uh, dude, Rafa gave him all he could handle, and the American kept being resilient and spoiling every single I mean just some of the fantastic shots that Rafa uh, was hitting towards him and and ultimately knocked him out I mean it wasn't like Rafa was not playing to where we think Rafa can play Rafa was Rafa I mean he was his old self and uh, the American just outlasted him so congratulations we move on to the quarterfinals I believe now in the US Open so I want to say this is the furthest an American has made it in the US Open since like 2016 Jeez, man. Yeah. American tennis has been in uh, quite the downfall since uh, Andy Roddick and Marty Fish uh, retired. So it's good to see an American up there in the U.S. Open. Go win it. Go win it, kid. 
Uh, and today, Billy, in 1995, one of the most unbreakable records in all of sports, in my opinion, Cal Ripken Jr. breaks Lou Gehrig's record and plays in 2,131 straight MLB games, which is like two seasons. I, I'll, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I distinctly remember watching this. Like, this I knew was on TV at some point, you know, when I was, I guess I was nine at this point. 13, so, probably around there, 15? No, I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I'm surprised, like, that was one of those moments that I, growing up, you know, you had, that would pop up on TV that was a net, like a big part of my childhood was seeing history happen like that and um um what's his face mark mcguire hitting 62 um that was huge too um i mean at the moment you know we didn't know he he was juicing right right hey man bonds and sosa and all those guys we didn't know at that moment that they were juicing they were cheaters and they ruined baseball (laughs) but and that that summer of 98 was huge too for mcguire and sosa but yeah, it was it was just a lot of things, man. Um, and seeing, I, I distinctly remember my mom's like, "We need to watch this because this is big," and we did. We sat down I, and watched. And I remember watching this game uh, only because after the game was over, I, I think this was around the same times that Cal Ripken Jr. was on the front of the Wheaties box. Um, so I remember him breaking the record, or it might have been before. And I remember hearing Cal Ripken Jr.'s name and convincing my mom to buy me a box of Wheaties because it has Cal Ripken Jr. on the front. First time I ever had Wheaties, I ate it, and then I realized how terrible Wheaties was. And that was the last <laughs> time I ever ate a box of Wheaties. Worst cereal possibly known to man. Wheaties is terrible. Uh, it's cool to collect because of the athletes in the front, but as a cereal, Wheaties is absolutely atrocious. That's hilarious. <laughs> Billy, you got anything else to add today, man? Nope. Nope. I'm good, man. Awesome. Let's get out of here on a Tuesday. Everybody had a fantastic weekend. Billy, I did look at the weather. We are good until Friday, Friday, Saturday. Looks like we might have a wet weekend, uh, but we're going to have some, we're going to, it's football weather on Friday. Hopefully that the covering is perfect down in Tattnall Square. You'll be in Villarica. Uh, it's going to rain on Friday. Yep. High of 74. That is, that's like football weather, dude. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting there. Um, looking, we really are. Looking forward to it. Looking forward I've got to it. I've got to figure out a, a different place to put, put our tent on Friday, though. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I sort of I know I gave you a hard time. I was texting you about the rain. I I kind of liked it in the background. I don't know. It almost made me feel like I was there, like in the tent, like huddled in there doing interviews with y'all while I was pouring down rain on the outside. Um, I, I might be the only person that was listening that actually liked to hear the rain in the background. Uh, but it, I don't know. It sort of made me feel like I was there listening to y'all with that rain. You could hear the rain so vividly in the background. Oh, it was there. And we had to, <laughs> we had to keep things up from uh, all, the, all the water just puddling, or, like all of our equipment bags and shit. Oh. Yeah. I, this is going way off base. But when I was listening to y'all, you know, I was down in Hampton. I was listening to y'all. I was pouring. I was texting Emily. And we live. What do we live from the stadium? Maybe five miles from Villarica High School, yeah. maybe. Uh, and I was, she was about to head to the stadium, and I was like, "Yeah, I was like, it's pouring there." And she goes, "What?" I said, "Yeah, I can hear it on the broadcast. It's pouring in the stadium." And she goes, "It's not even raining at our house." Oh, jeez. <laughs> Those summer storms, man. All right, let's get out of here on a Tuesday. We will see y'all tomorrow, same time, same place.
Shake your neighbors! Just shake them! Shake your neighbors! <laughs> <laughs>